Hello, race fans, and welcome to the Wednesdays with Wayne podcast. Your host is champion driver Wayne Johnson, who will be telling the stories and talking to the people that make the sport of sprint car racing great. Hey guys, Wayne Johnson. Wednesdays with Wayne, episode 36. We are at the Comfort Inn in uh, Brownsburg, Brownsburg, Indiana. Brownsburg. She don't even know where <laughs> I don't even at. know where I'm at. Brownsburg, Indiana. When you said Wednesdays with Wayne, I, I just thought about the lady at lunch today who wrote your name, W-A-N-E, Wayne. That's why she worked at the... Now, now. But, yeah. Wednesdays with Wayne. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, now we're uh, hanging out in Indy this week uh, here at Rob's shop. Sarah screwed around, didn't get my flights booked, so she... That is false. Getting you to say, yes, book that flight is impossible. The last week when I did that, we had to make a change, and you just can't fly by the seat of your pants like you could early COVID days. Well, maybe so. you ought to buy me an airplane, then I'll be all right. Oh, you, if you're really nice, you can ask Santa Claus for one. <laughs> just give me a sleigh. Perfect. Well, we, uh, you know, we ventured over to Williams Grove this weekend, and uh, I would honestly say uh, I'm going to give our big old weekend a big F. We, uh, we I was going to say D, but we yeah, just sucked up the place. F. We, uh, you know, I, I think I, that's probably our worst weekend since Rob's been around. Uh, just never could get a handle on the car. I didn't feel like I was ever comfortable, and. I don't know. We'll just have to uh, keep working at it and see what we come up with. But uh, boys uh, went through everything, you know, kind of little craziness this weekend on Saturday night with uh, breaking a rear end and having to change it. And we can talk about that stuff in a little while. But uh, just uh, hanging out here in Indiana. What can I say? The weather's a little chilly compared to home. So had to break out the long sleeves. It's not so bad. So... Would you like your stats? This will be quick and painful. <laughs> well, let's hit. Yeah, well, it's probably not very quick, but yeah. Okay, Friday, there were 57 cars total. You were in the first group of qualifying. You were 24th. You qualified 26th. Does that make sense? I was the 24th car out. out. And I qualified 26th. And you 26th. qualified 26th. What's 57 divided by two? Was that the very back? Pretty much. What is the math of that there, math girl? 25. <laughs> I don't know. 26, 27? And a half. 28. 28 times 2? 28 ish. 28 and 29, right? Yeah. 9 plus 8 is 7. 9 plus 17. <laughs> my math, my math brain's way different than most people. It's 28 and 29. So. Out of 28 or 29 cars, you were 26. We're, yeah, we sucked. Stellar. We sucked. Okay, so that puts you in the non-qualifier, starting 7th. You ran 6th. I think they were only taking 2 out of that. Yes. Right. So then that dumped you in the D, starting 2nd. And I don't know if you want to write this on the resume, but you, you won the D feature. Well, Rob said it was his first feature win at the Grove. Well, that is some kind of positive thinking. I like that. There we, you can just D-main. say, we want to feature a Grove. I won the C-Main last year at this race. You're going the wrong direction, dear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> but, so that puts you 13th in the C, starting 13th in the C, and you. I think they were taking two. You finished 10th, and that was the end of Friday. Yep. We uh, pretty much stunk it up. Just couldn't get qualified like normal. And then uh, in that uh, last chance qualifier, I about crashed. Uh, Rob tried some bump stop stuff on the left front, and the thing didn't turn very good. And Are you talking the non-qualifier? Yep. Okay. And almost crashed there. And then uh, in the D main, got the front start front row outside. And clean air is your friend for sure. Uh, but the car still wasn't stellar, but uh, was able to get the win there. And then going to the back of the C, C main, you know, you just say it all the time. You're not going to start in the back of these any race and uh, drive by those guys. Even the, even the slower cars are hard to pass. Uh, and the Grove is just difficult. It's very technical and... Uh, I don't feel like we've made our car drive very good there, but I don't know that I have figured out what's the best way to do it either. So, um, just didn't feel that great there. So we come with a whole new package on uh, Saturday. Okay. And Saturday there were 54 cars. You were in the second group of qualifying. You went out 19th. You qualified 21st. I'm going to say overall, that was a little bit better. Yep. than the day before and we missed the heat races by one spot Jeez. so we had to run the non-qualifier again you started second in the non-qualifier and ran second so that did get you in a heat race which i don't know if that's better or worse it all kind of stinks because well you want to you want definitely want to be in the heat races you know the heat races are where you need to be, that's the only way you can make ground. If you can make any ground or have any pro- or if somebody has a problem there, you know, might be able to get to the, you know, get get yourself in a spot and get yourself in the feature and not have to go through all the hooligan races. So you started at the back of the second heat and you ended up tenth. That puts you seventh in the C feature and you finished tenth in the C. So both nights ended with tenth in the C. Well, can you just use the word sucked? Oh, well, yep, pretty much. <laughs> That's kind of what uh, the plan was, or not the plan. Do you want some gonna... truth? I didn't really watch either one of those races. <laughs> hey, guess what? Neither did I. <laughs> the way they were going, I just thought, nah, so I just spent time with my kids, and I didn't want to watch it. Too it painful. Was, it was the uh, same thing. Like I say, I, I don't have a lot to talk about there, really, with just that we're just not any good there, haven't figured it out, and... We're not really good anywhere. We're just working on it. And um, I felt like this weekend was a little bit of a step back. And uh, from what we had been, you know, felt like we had been moving forward. And uh, we just had to go to Port Royal here with a whole different attitude and see what we got. You know, I've ran well at at Port Royal in the past, you know, in the past years. Last year we struggled and earlier this year we struggled. So uh, only thing we can do is move forward. That's the plan. Well, let's take a break. Come back, see what kind of other crap you got for me this week. Outlaw Racing Wings is a proud supporter of the Wednesdays with Wayne podcast. Outlaw Racing Wings build wings for sprint cars, micro and junior sprints, as well as for all types of wing karting. Champion drivers like Christopher Bell, Wayne Johnson, and Brad Sweet all trust Outlaw Racing Wings for the extra speed needed in today's open wheel racing. Visit outlawwings.com or the Outlaw Racing Wings page on Facebook and Twitter. Choose the wings the champions choose. Choose outlaw. I'm glad that you think my stuff is crap. Thanks. We're back. <clears throat> what kind of crap do you got? Well, I had some discussions regarding questions of the week last week. Well, no, this is that's not crap. We're talking about your crap. What do I have? Normally, you got a crappy question or something from you. You want mine first? No, I don't care what you do. 
Quit throwing off the, the flow. <laughs> we have a flow? Oh, my Lord. Okay, no, this is all just on a whim, honey. I thought Flo worked at a diner. <laughs> Y'all, I don't know that traveling together is going to work you out You don't even know well. what Flo You're is. You're driving me nuts. Do you know who Flo is? She's the progressive lady. <laughs> oh, well, I guess that's true. Right? Isn't she progressive? Well, there was a Flo on a, a TV sitcom when I was a kid, and I can't remember what it was, but she was a waitress. That's all I remember. Oh, Lord. Okay. So, last week's question of the week, or no, it wasn't even the question of the week. It was like our poll question. We talked about the safety yellow issue. So, if you had a yellow that you caused or that was caused due to a safety issue, should you get your spot back? Lots of good discussion. I think it was like 70-30 people saying, no, you don't get your spot back on the poll. And just treat it like a normal yellow. And then I was scrolling through Twitter earlier, and it looked like... Reitzel had to pull off due to a broken um, face shield, I suppose, was it? Yeah, they not uh, from what I gather, a rock or a, something, you know, something messed up his shield. And knocked they, his shield off his helmet. So he pulled in this week. with He was with Outlaws, right? Yes. And, I, and he didn't my, get a spot back. In my opinion, that's a safety issue. You should get your spot back. So I feel like we could just keep this debate rolling. But anyhow, I thought that was interesting, but... I mean, it, I don't know how the rule reads in the book, but I guess people say if you take a yellow, no matter for what reason, the majority thought you should just go to the back, which a rule's a rule. So, Well, I get it. I mean, but I think it just got to be consistent with the rule. If that's the rule, that's the rule. If not, then... Right. Consistency with any rule, though. All rules need consistency, and then we can all agree that we don't like them. But if it's not consistent, then that kind of makes it Well, back unfair. in 2012... It- at West Memphis, Arkansas, I got hit with a brake caliper, shattered my f- helmet, shattered my nose, bleeding like a stuck hog, and I ran seven laps with no basically no front of my helmet on until the caution came out. And then when the caution- had there been a yellow a rule where you could safety yellow stop, would you have stopped, or you probably would have been too worried? I, no, too. I would have stopped if it uh, was if there was a safety. If it was a consistent rule, yeah, I would have stopped to get a new helmet, but instead I couldn't stop. And there was a red flag for Gary Wright crashing. There was a big ball of fire. I stopped under red, and uh, they gave me a new helmet, and I got my spot back. So How'd that race end up? Uh, I think I run second. With your face, to caved. this day, still mangled. <laughs> caved in caved in my uh, shield. And, or my. It broke the whole front of the helmet off and spent the night in the OR thinking my jaw was broke, but it was just ended up being my nose, and then it was all swollen up and... All that good stuff. So good time. Did you run a? Um, did you run a rock screen then? Uh, did not have a rock screen. Then. Have you since changed your ways? I definitely have a rock screen. <laughs> Lesson learned. Okay. Well, that was a little side thing on my list of crap, as you would call it. I did have a question of the week from Michael Lamb, and he actually sent this like back in June. I emailed him today, and I'm like, we did not forget about you. I just needed a place to put it in. So he wanted to know about, he said, didn't you win the first ever World of Outlaw Gum Gum Out Series event? I believe it was in Wisconsin. Can you answer that question? I did not win the very first World of Outlaw Gum Out event. I did win a World of Outlaw event, Gum Out event at Wilmot, Wisconsin in 2001, I believe. What was the first year of the Gum Out Series? Uh, 2000. Okay. Uh, 2001, I did win a race at Wilmot, Wisconsin. Swept the weekend. Was quick time, back when I knew how to qualify. You need to channel uh, that. <laughs> one, 
won the heat, won the dash, won the feature, but uh, definitely did not win the very first one. My very first World of Outlaw gum out win was at, uh, and I don't know the exact date, but it was in 2001, and it was at, uh, oh my goodness, I just I just drew, drew a blank where it was. It was in Missouri, uh, Benton, Missouri. There we go. You're looking at me like I would know. I no, I was just no trying clue. To, I was just trying to remember. Benton, Missouri. What I, car did you drive in? The F and J Construction Twenty Nine car. Okay, those that were was, your good years, right? Those, I mean, you're still in your good years. But those you were my first two. Right um, my first two gum out wins were those races. Okay. Well, so. Michael, I emailed you. Thank you so much for listening and for sending a question. And guys, if you send questions, just because you sent it like four months ago, it doesn't mean I'm ignoring you. It just means we got to find a place to get them. Well, in maybe here. we need to research. Who won the very first gum out race ever? We'll just get right on that. I'm going to go on a whim and say it's Craig Delansky. Just just a guess, but I'm going to say it's Craig Delansky. Okay. Well, we'll check and see if you're right. If you guys know the answer to that, uh, shoot us an email. And they get... can Google it, I'm sure. Well, I don't. I, you might not be able. They might not have that. So the first person to email us the correct answer. Kevin Kevin Eckert knows. I guarantee you. Okay. Well, Come on, Kev. I don't know if you listen, but maybe you should start giving us some stats. I'm not even going to look it up. Somebody just email us and let us know what the answer is or message us, and then we'll know. Well, that's okay. a good, good question. Yep. Thanks for the question, but uh, definitely was not the very first outlaw gum out winner. Okay. Well, let's take a break and uh, come back and see what else kind of crap she's got. Highside Racewear has grown to become a major brand in racing apparel. Whether you're looking for high quality custom Nomax race suits or embroidered hats, Highside Racewear has everything your team needs for safety and success. Highside Racewear offers custom race suits, gloves, shoes, dye sublimated team apparel, and top quality embroidered hats, jackets, and shirts. Before you buy from anyone else, check out the Highside Racewear Facebook page or email highsideracewear at gmail.com for more information. All right, we're back. I guess I got to quit calling it crap. We're going to change that. She keeps you giving me she keeps giving me the middle finger. Well, we don't call things that. That's not nice. So, would you like my question of the week, like always? That's I've a- been thinking about this one a lot because this is like actually in my brain question I need to know about. So, you talk about your motor program and you talk about rotating motors and this and that and I'm just listening to you. I just about said this, that, and the other. I've spent way too much time with you. Mm. Just that um, and what? The other. You say it like a million times a day. But you talk about your motor program and, and the transitioning of them and making sure the timing's right and putting one in now so that we have the right number and it ends on the right whatever. Can you explain how this motor program works? Like how many motors do you have? Do you have certain ones? It, what's this timing of when they're due? Or I don't know. If I don't know, they don't know, I'm assuming. So well, give, give me some. We currently have five engines. Okay. Is that They're, ideal, like an outlaw team typically has? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm assuming some guys have more. Okay. Uh, we're in the process of getting getting our sixth engine right now. Uh, but I know that uh, it takes four. I know Jason Sides has done it many years on four engines, but, uh, like, I'm going to go on a whim and say that Donnie's team, had, they probably have 10 or 12 or who knows, you know. But <clears throat> I know back in the day uh, – uh, you know, like Carl Kinzer's team, they had a lot of motors. So, okay. But that being said, you know, it used to be that uh, we would try to get 10 nights out of these engines. 
and with all the valve train and everything evolving as much as it has and it's much better we're able to get a little bit more out of them i know paul kisser uh says his engines if uh if we're not just pounding the crap out of them we're getting them hot or whatever and running them on uh like williams grove every night you know some short tracks and stuff in there that should be able to get 20 nights out of them so that's what we shoot for but uh we just sent one back the other day that had 14 on it to paul because we uh were having some ring issues uh coming to find out it was the oil we're using was too slick and unseating the ring so we had to make that uh, the motor from like two weeks ago that you mm -hmm. were having issues with okay so we made some oil change uh to kind of sort that out but the game plan is you know i have five engines one engine is the oldest engine we have. It's a it's a rider that I've had for quite a few years. It's in a it's a, it stays in the spare car upstairs, so it doesn't get used a lot. Uh, but it just rides around there, and that's kind of our last resort. We have uh, four Kistler engines now that we have a two ninety seven head, which is we try to use on the big tracks mm -hmm. uh, like Port Royal, the Grove, uh, Knoxville, Charlotte you know, bigger tracks. And then we have three 283 uh, headed motors, and those will work just about anywhere. But our goal is to go 20 nights, and we don't have every motor in the cabinet with with time on it. We kind of ended up that way a little bit this year because we were searching for our right balance with the whole nine yards and just trying to figure out what worked the best for us. So we ended up that way, but... Uh, realistically we just try to run the 297 on the big tracks get 20 nights out of all of them and we just try to make sure when we time them out that you know you don't want to have every motor in your trailer with 20 nights on it for sure so like the one that's in the car now was a 283 and it's got four nights on it so we're going to try to run that engine for the rest of the year okay. that way at the end of the year it's going to have uh you know it ain't going to have but 10 nights on it so we want to, we want him to send it back to get rebuilt That'll be the engine we probably go to Volusia with to start the season. And as soon as Volusia's over, then we'll send it back to get it rebuilt. But that way everything else is fresh. And you just, you just don't want to end up with time on everything and then all your engines will be wore out at the same time. So I just think that's a really interesting process. It's and a cycle. Like lots of keeping track and knowing what's where. We have a notebook that keeps track of all of that. Okay. How many laps and how many nights and how many oil changes. And, and so they're all with you all all the time no no when you send one well back. i guess one's yeah correct okay should be if it works out properly more than it more than likely uh paul was really good about getting us a motor back actually in a week uh a week or so ago but normally <coughs> it's gonna take you a couple weeks or three or so to get a motor back and um so realistically if there's always one with him if we're busy 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 there's always going to be an engine at the engine shop okay with no failures hopefully if right. you have failures then that's when it gets uh, throws a wrench in the plans and it gets super expensive too so okay we'll try to keep working on that but thank you for such a thorough lesson in engine stuff i don't know I just... well the engines are the most expensive part of this whole right rigor memorial we're doing with the outlaws right. you know they're a brand new engine sixty thousand dollars well, and like I, I, so I've entered the world of Twitter as far as paying attention over there. I don't know why. It's probably not good for my mental status. But I just see people discussing with some or no knowledge about what you all have going on. And 
they want to talk about, you know, motors this, motors that. And I'm like, people don't even know what goes into this, right? They don't understand well, the they try. You know, they think they do. and you know, They just think you're just going to go buy a bunch of motors and just run them. And, I, I mean, I guess I don't know that everybody understands in detail what all has to happen to make all this run smoothly and what you're dealing with. So There's a lot to it. There's a lot right. more than meets the eye, just even with the engines, you know. Right. I mean, that's just one little, I mean, it's a huge piece, but one little piece of all the other things. So if you're doing that with just the motors, every part on that car, to some extent, you have to know what you've got, what you've used, et cetera, et cetera. Well, just like with oil, you know, we right. change the in, we change the engine oil every night. So think about the quantity of oil and oil filters that we go through. Yeah, it's like damn O'Reilly's up in that trailer. And then what do you do with the used oil? You, you know, there's another take it somewhere. There's another process that we have to right. store it. You just can't pour it down the drain, right? And then have to, then we have to discard of it properly, right? Racetracks have oil dumps Mm -hmm. and then we're traveling with you know o'reilly's is who we use and they've got an oil dump there too but just think about nine quarts of oil every day that you race there's a lot of oil involved i mean that's just one of the that's what i'm saying there's just all these different little there's a lot of stuff that people don't that just didn't don't grasp well you just think like oh just go take the car to the car wash and do a little maintenance and it's just such a complex in-depth thing where right now you know you've got three full-time crew guys and you and up and down the road and all these things it's just a lot well just the car wash for for that matter you know you know how many quarters you have to have people don't realize that the quarters that we we even carry quarters because we a lot of times they don't uh, have the machines that work you know right especially at one o'clock in the morning Right. And then you hate to get to the car wash and get unloaded and got everything in the bay. And you, there's nowhere then, to even go get quarters. And then the quarter machine doesn't work. So right. we have to try to, we try to, I don't know, try to keep about $100 worth of quarters. Because the guys will spend 40 or 50 bucks at the car wash. And, you know, you take your personal car to the car wash, you spend 5 or 10 bucks or whatever that number is. And you're there for 20 minutes washing your car. Right. These guys are at the car wash for hours, you know, because they clean everything. Right. Uh, you know, the used tires, the wings, the the four-wheelers, the, the mules. I mean, there's a lot to a car wash. That's my least favorite thing to do is the car wash, by the way. But, uh, you know, that that would definitely be something that, as a fan, mm-hmm. to ride along just for a day and see that, what these crew guys really go through. Or just go like on a three-day weekend and see if you want to do that again. <laughs> Not so much fun. Well, just like there's you, no sleep. There's no... Well, just like you today, you know, you're hanging out with me and uh, your comment was to me, we went to the gym this morning mm-hmm. and uh, we had lunch and then it was kind of a little bit of a law of not really know what to do or where to go and and I feel bad because you're here, so I try to spend time with you because I don't want to just go leave you and go to the shop. But, but I've got work to do, too. But, but still, it's you kind of just look at each other like, now what? This hotel room is not that exciting. You don't really have anything to do. And I thought, well, I, you know, I've got a little list of we need to go to the post office and stuff. But, I mean, to stay busy in the position you're in right now, I can see why you're a little stir-crazy. I thought I was coming to help you not be stir crazy, but hi, <laughs> I'm just contributing to the craziness. Well, my 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 day at the shop consists of just went to see what the boys needed, if I could help them with anything, uh, and they had it all under control. And then I decided to work on the throttle pedal and made some changes to that. And what made you want to do that? 
just that my foot slipped off the pedal uh, at the Grove, and it didn't really slip off the pedal, it just slipped forward, so then my toe was against the motor plate, so I fixed it where it traps my foot, where it doesn't, uh, where it can't slide forward, so just welded a bracket in there that keeps it from doing that, so. Okay. But that was my day. Good times. In a nutshell, now we're waiting on... uh, Doing the podcast now, and we're going to go to the, to a Mexican restaurant we were told was good. So we'll go check that out here in a little while. That sounds fun to me. So what else you got? You got anything else? Do we need, do we need to take another break? Don't we need to take another break? Mm-hmm. Let's take a break, and we'll come back and finish this thing up. Shane's Custom Graphics, making you look faster since 1990. From NASCAR to go-karts, and with 20 years in the sign industry... Shane's Custom Graphics is your one-stop shop for logos and graphic design, as well as wraps and graphic installation. Contact Shane at Shane's Custom Graphics at 704-870-1096 or email at shanescustomgraphics at gmail.com. Okay, guys, we're back. Uh, I don't know that we didn't have a whole lot to talk about this week. Uh, The racing really stunk up... uh, at the Grove there, and, and uh, but Sarah had a good question there about engines. and I'm trying to think of things that I want to ask you as, I, as they come into my brain and jot them down, but not ask you that way. We can have it on here. I don't want to always ask you what your favorite color is, but sometimes I might. What is my favorite color? Um, orange. Am I right? Yes, you are. Ding, 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 ding. Um, here's a fun question. What's the most used emoji on your phone? My most used Do you know emoji? how to find that? No. Oh, my goodness. But I, I can probably guess which one it is. Uh, probably the middle finger, if I had to guess. It's either the middle finger or the heart, that I, the heart or the kisses or whatever that's in the page. Oh, that's going to say me. <laughs> I said you the middle finger. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it shows a thumbs up. Yeah, that would totally be you. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's my favorite not yeah is it thumbs up when you're being a shit you send me thumbs up yeah thumbs up and the guy that doesn't know anything with his hands to the side fingers crossed a heart and a kiss emoji there you go your middle fingers your eighth used i guess i don't use the middle finger as much i'm curious of why you have a skunk on here maybe that was after texting todd after this last weekend because you stink i'm not sure (laughs) But thumbs up, yeah, thumbs up is definitely the the one I use most because it's instead of if instead of okay or whatever, just thumbs up. That means okay, whatever, got her done. You know how much I like whatever. Whatever. Okay. So I just got like twelve questions in in one podcast. That was awesome. What's your middle or what's your emoji? Well, don't make me look. Let me see. Hold on, You're gonna make me mess up the recording. My most used emoji is the cocked sideways, laughing, squinty, crying eyes. I don't know. Hopefully you understand which one that is. (laughs) I guess so. Okay. Do you you want to tell the people how many reviews we're up to? This is my favorite part of the podcast. Well, for one, I can't hardly read your handwriting, but does that say 63? 63! We got four this week. Whoa, four. You're So you guys there. are awesome, and I'm sending out koozies tomorrow morning, so you still have plenty of time. I'll send them out whenever, but 
go leave reviews and let me know, and I'd be happy to send you Wednesdays with Wayne koozies. It's going to read a, uh, what is that called? A review that was left, and it's a, it's a short and sweet one. It's from Miss Holstetler. It says, great. It just keeps getting better and better. Keep it up, y'all. And you, you know who even, that is? You can't even read your own handwriting. I know. Do you know who, who wrote that? I have no idea. Danielle. Oh. So shout out to my friend Danielle. She's, she, that, she doesn't count. Yes, she does. Shh. Danielle, how dare he? (laughs) (laughs) But guys, yeah, really, leave us reviews. I appreciate it. We're so close to 100. I mean, we're getting there. We're much closer than we were. We're much more stir-crazy in this motel room than we are at home, so... Yeah. What do you have to add before I finish this thing out? Well, uh, I don't really have a lot to add, just that we got to do better. Starting to get on the frustrated part a little bit, not doing well, so... Do you need a pep talk? Uh, Probably. We need something. I'm thinking you of got a motorhome for sale. Oh yeah, we send us pictures. We're looking for a motorhome. Diesel. I, we need diesel and nice. You guys can't see my shit eating grin I've got right here, but trust me. Yeah, we need a motorhome so we don't have to stay in these hotels anymore. I'm over that. As always, you can follow along with our adventures on social media: Facebook, Instagram at Wayne Johnson Racing. You can email us at Wayne Johnson Racing at yahoo.com. You can call the text or voicemail line at 405-362-0620. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. Do you have anything else to add? Nope, not a thing. Just uh, keep listening and until next week, see you then. This has been the Wednesdays with Wayne podcast. We thank you for joining us and ask you to tune in every Wednesday for a new episode. Until then, we'll see you at the tracks.